When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey Mets fans, welcome back to Amazing Avenue Audio, the show. My name is Brian, with me as always is Chris. And Chris, we are recording this a little bit late this week due to uh, some traveling I was doing. But we are recording this at the end of the Brewers series where the Mets took two of three from the Brewers, making them uh, 12 and 10. uh, No, what was it? Uh, Seven and five? Eight and five? Seven and six. They had seven and six over this stretch that was supposed to be this incredibly difficult stretch with the West Coast road trip and then coming back against the Brewers, who are a pretty good team this year. But the Mets are still in first place by four and a half games. They uh, are now 21 games over. Sorry, sorry, 19 games over 500. And um, I'm still feeling pretty good about the state of the Mets. Let's start off with your general thoughts. How are you feeling about the state of the Mets this morning? Yeah, uh, still good. Still very happy to be rooting for the team with the best record in the National League. Um, not letting myself get too concerned with 
what the Braves have done. I mean, it's an impressive winning streak. They can't really deny, deny that. But um, as I tweeted out from the Amazing Avenue count last night, they've won 14 games in a row, and they're still four and a half games back in the division. Uh, I I know that is uh, still an exciting thing for a team, but deep down somewhere it's got to be frustrating that you've played that well. The Mets have had tough opponents or tougher opponents at, at the very least, and um, that's still a, a somewhat significant gap. And I think we just have to, as Mets fans, remind ourselves that this team has done this with no Jacob deGrom, with Max Scherzer having missed a few weeks now, uh, even though it sounds like he's getting relatively close to coming back. Um, and they've done it with a variety of issues that maybe would have tanked a previous Mets team uh, last year or, or in you know recent years. Uh, we've seen that happen. So, but yeah, look, this is you can only control what your team is doing. Uh, as a fan, you, you can't control anything. But if you want to act like we're in control of what the Mets are doing, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> that that's all you can really worry about. And uh, they, they won a series against the Brewers. They won a series against the Angels. Um, but this whole stretch, it, we already talked about it last week, but they split the series with the Dodgers. They lost the series to the Padres. Um, they haven't had many series losses this season. And to have one in San Diego in the midst of that trip, a trip that ended with a nice win in Anaheim, um, one that, I think Edwin Diaz, I mean, he's just been phenomenal. But that five-out save that he got where all the outs were strikeouts and one of them was of Mike Trout. Yep. Um, that is the guy that the Mets traded for uh, and one we did not see in his first full season with the Mets. Um, but really, he's been pretty good and uh, you know, over the last couple of years coming into this one. And then this year, this is, again uh, – that guy so he he helps a lot to have somebody who is that dominant as your closer uh backing up a team that is capable of scoring runs capable of coming back and has gotten solid starting pitching despite the absences um if you look over the last month i don't think the mets lead the league in era or anything but they've been doing more than enough to keep it together and that's that's all you can ask for um I know they've got four games with the Astros coming up over the next couple of weeks, two at a time. Um, but they got a lot of games against the Marlins. And again, we've touched on this. The schedule gets significantly lighter with a lot of games against the Rangers, Reds, more against the Marlins, uh, the Cubs. And, and they get three against the Braves in uh, mid-July. That's not you know that far away. And... I will start to worry about the Braves if the Braves start beating the Mets in series and they have a lot of them left. Uh, but for right now, if the Mets had been two and eight and the Braves had won 14 in a row and the Braves now had a, forgive me for not doing the math ahead of time, but like a two game lead in the division, I'd be like, Oh, yep. Nope. That's bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm a little concerned, but uh, you know, the Mets record in the last 10 games has been, uh good so yeah yeah nothing wrong with enjoying it and and 
if you can't enjoy when your sports team is in first place and doing well, um, I don't know. I, I, like, what's the point of sports? <laughs> yeah. I also want to point out that when you're looking at the, the, the games the Mets and the Braves have played, the Mets are 25 and 15 above teams over 500. They have a, they're 10 games over 500 against good teams. The Braves are 12 and 14 against game against teams over 500. And I know that doesn't tell the whole story, but part of this narrative of the Braves being on this incredible hot streak is you have to acknowledge that part of that is they're they're beating up teams that aren't that good. And look, I will never get mad at a team for beating teams that are worse than them. That is exactly what your baseball team is supposed to do. But they beat the Nationals. They beat the Pirates. They beat the A's. They beat the Rockies. And they beat the Diamondbacks. That is who their streak is against. And uh, did they even beat the Diamondbacks? Yes, their winning streak started with the last game of the Diamondbacks series. So, you know, those teams are not fantastic baseball teams. That's not taking away from what they did. What they did is impressive, and the Braves are a better team than they were the first two months of the season, and I think everybody knows that. But when they're starting to play next week, they have the Dodgers and the Giants. That will be a big test for that team. If If they can win, they can sweep those series, well, then I'll be impressed. They have the Cardinals the first full week of July. If they can sweep the Cardinals in a four-game series, then I'll be impressed. But, you know, I just I, I just don't – I am not convinced that the Braves are, are this unstoppable team. They're playing excellent baseball right now, and I'm not taking anything away from them except to just highlight that maybe this doesn't mean they're the greatest team in baseball history. Right. <clears throat> yeah, and, and... – when they have that tougher stretch against those teams, the teams that the Mets have held their own against, the Cardinals, Dodgers, Giants, uh, and Padres, overall, the, the Mets have been right yeah, right there uh, in most of those games. I know there's been a, a blowout loss or two. Um, but, yeah, the Mets have that opportunity. They're going to be playing the Rangers, Reds, Marlins, uh, you know, I know I'm repeating myself, but they get to do that while the Braves are playing those tougher teams. Right. Um, I mean, there are other series the rest of the way for the Mets that are tough. Um, obviously, the Yankees are playing out of this world right now. Yes. Uh, and the Mets, thanks to Major League Baseball's obsession with the Subway Series, have to play them every year. Um, but, you know, it's two games in July, two in August. Um but you, you really look at the rest of their schedule and there's not too many stretches that are tough. You know, they get the Dodgers coming into town in late August, but that's followed up by the Nationals, Pirates, Marlins, and Cubs and Pirates. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, you know, right. It's, it's, it's split between home and, the, and on the road. Um, you get closer toward the end of the regular season, they get three against the A's who probably only figure to get worse if whether it's innings limits, injuries, trades of any trades, valuable piece yeah. that they still have left. Um, whatever, however much you could deplete a team like the A's right now, they, they might be somewhat depleted. So, um, yeah, it, it, there's no guarantees. We know, we know strange things happen in baseball. Um, but I'm still pretty confident the Mets will win the division and, I get I, right now. I feel like the worst case scenario that that's in with like within a realistic realm of possibility 
would be not winning the division but still making the playoffs. I'm going to reserve that optimism for a little bit later in the season only because <laughs> I know pain in my life. I don't want to know more pain in my life. But uh, no, I think that's, you know, there's nothing illogical about what you've said there. Uh, I just I just can't wait for the Mets to have this this later part of the of the season come up just because I'm tired of this Braves narrative is what it comes down to. Um, right. You know. It's going to be really – first of all, like playing the National League Central aside from playing the Cardinals and the Brewers is pretty much just a a laughable – I mean, think about how bad the Cubs and the Reds have to be that they are below the Pirates with a negative 101 run differential. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That's just. I mean, the Cubs have lost 10 in a row. And that's the thing. The, the Braves are playing the Cubs this weekend, so – yeah. It's gonna be, you know, they're gonna be fine <laughs> uh for a couple of games, a couple of games, but that's okay. Anyway, uh we should talk about Tyler McGill, who left the game last night with a uh a shoulder injury in the fourth inning. I was uh at an event I'll be talking about in my music rec, so I won't talk about it right now. But you're watching the game, Chris. How how badly hurt did McGill seem? To you? Uh I mean it didn't it didn't look great. Anytime a pitcher throws a pitch and the velocity is down and they kind of show discomfort in their arm immediately. That's not what you want to see. Um, knowing the way this podcast goes, sometime today, I'm sure there will be an update, probably closer to first pitch of the game tonight on how his MRI looked on his shoulder. Um, obviously, I hope he's relatively okay. I hope maybe something with the biceps tendonitis that he had dealt with just sort of flared up and maybe he has to rest a little bit longer before the next time he comes back. Um, I, my reaction in the moment wasn't like, oh no, it's the end of the world. Um, I, I do think as impressive as he's been for stretches, um, like, I don't think his absence for let's hope a few weeks, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't think his absence rises to the level, even though he did a fantastic job for several starts filling in, yes. in Jacob deGrom's spot in the rotation. I do think he, he's just a little more replaceable is too harsh of a word, but it's a little easier to, to fill in for McGill, I think, um, than some of the other names uh, that are either on the aisle already or, uh, you know, rotation mates of his. Um, but I mean, McGill was only back for a start and a half, too. Yeah. Like the Mets yeah, yeah, no, have no. been doing this without him for the last month. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I'm not super excited about Trevor Williams and David Peterson. And, and I think since we last recorded, David Peterson made us look bad when he was pitching in relief and also bad again when he started <laughs> with our preferences on the roll. It was just like, oh, yeah, good relief adding, bad start. Uh, yep, that's exactly the opposite of what we said. We would prefer. Of course it is. Um, but the what concerns me more is not so much one of those two guys filling in for McGill. It's just until Scherzer is actually back. Okay, now we're one even minor injury away from really going. All right, there's not there's not a major league ready option uh, right. to, to step in and, and take those starts. So if uh, all the other pitchers in the rotation currently in McGill's absence, could please just stay healthy. Uh, that would be nice, at least until Scherzer is back. But 
We saw Zapucky. Zapucky. Oh man, I can spell his name better than I just said it. Zapucky. <laughs> um, we saw him not look up, you know, up to that challenge in the one start that he had this year. Um, and then you can roll the dice on other guys who are in the minors, but there's not somebody who uh, is highly regarded and knocking on the door. Um, right. Granted, McGill himself wasn't highly regarded or doing that before he got his shot uh, the first time he came up to the big leagues. But that is still a relatively rare occurrence. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. It, 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 I hope Max Scherzer is feeling great. I hope McGill is not seriously hurt and it's just a little more time off. Um, but pitching tends to do this every time it looks like you're about to have uh, too much of it for, <laughs> for the roles you have. It, it kind of reminds you that it puts a lot of strain on these guys' arms and that's just, and, and their whole body. And that's just what happens. But um, yeah. So yeah, I, I hope everybody's okay. I think the Mets can uh, more than stay afloat. That, that was something that going into the West coast trip, I think people were worried about a horrendous road trip. And uh, even, even going back to when Scherzer hit the IL, there were concerns about what the Mets would look like. Uh, you know, hey, just 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 keep things where they are. And I remember at the time being like, no, no, no. Let's, let's hope for a little bit more than that. And they have. They've, they've gotten uh, more games over 500 since then. They've maintained a very good winning percentage. Um, they're still on pace for what? 105, 104 wins, I think. Something like that, yeah. Uh, handy dandy calculator, 105. Um, and I, I also think that that's probably, although you know, realistic. The one thing I will say is that the Mets have not been streaky at all this season, and there's probably a losing streak coming for them at some point. And so that might get knocked down a little bit, but there's also probably a winning streak coming for them at some point. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm not, I, I think a hundred wins is where I am sort of cautiously optimistically projecting the Mets to be between 98 and 102 wins is sort of where I feel is it's likely to happen. Uh, had the Mets still not lost three games in a row? Um, yeah, I believe that is true. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, yeah, you do that, and that, that's the other thing too, right? It, it, when, when, even if you want to fixate on the Braves, you, we know how those series go. To really gain ground on a team, you have to sweep them. Yep. Uh, and, and look, there's a five-game series in the first weekend of August. Um, that can be taxing in a number of ways, but in a standard series of three games, if you lose one of them, you, you, you know, hey, you prefer to win two out of three, but you also haven't completely closed the gap. Um, so, you know, it's it, the, the Braves are the ones who should feel like they have a tough task ahead of them right now, not the Mets, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with that. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Uh, as we are heading into the end of June, are there any players, any... Um, I guess just any real, any real surpri- pleasant surprises you want to talk about before we wrap up for today? Um, no, nothing... Nothing uh, that I don't think is obvious already from the playing field. Uh, I will say, give an extra little shout out. Mark Canna has tweeted twice this week, uh, looking forward to the Mets Pride Night celebration tonight. And, you know, uh, there were major league players this season who ripped pride patches off their jersey in Tampa Bay uh, earlier this month. So it is nice to see a Mets player who is vocally supportive uh, of a no-brainer event to support. Uh, so, yeah, Mark Canna seems like a good egg. Um, and it's nice to have him on the team, and it's nice that he's been playing good baseball and, uh, you know, being a good person, a supportive uh, ally as, as somebody who's on the team. You, you don't get that every day in baseball or sports in general. So, yeah, I don't know. Marcana, uh, we, we appreciate that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so my sort of pleasant surprise is is comes about in a backhanded way, which is that I am pleasantly surprised at the Mets bullpen, given how uh, up and down Seth Lugo has been this year. I think myself, like lots of people, felt like if Lugo was going to have a bad season – the Mets bullpen would probably be having a bad season as well. And the Mets bullpen has not been fantastic by any means. I mean, it has been in stretches, but it certainly hasn't been the volatile, as volatile as you'd think it would have been based on the performance we've gotten from Lugo, which has been very up and down. You know, he has an ERA at three two five right now, which is not a bad place to be necessarily for a reliever, but he's also had some stretches where he has looked uh, pedestrian at best to, uh, borrow a phrase from our friend Courtney Barnett. Yes. And, <laughs> you know, um, and just, you know, he, he's the type of guy who I think all of us have been counting on him to be a rock solid piece of this bullpen. And the fact that he has struggled a little bit and the Mets bullpen hasn't imploded. That's an excellent thing. So I, that, that is my celebration just the, of the Mets bullpen being perfectly cromulent most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, More of it's, that, it's, please. Yeah, no, and it's been nice that that churn of uh, relievers who maybe didn't instill the most confidence has held up okay so far. I think it's still an area that should be bolstered, but uh, it is nice to see. And uh, one one other note, again, maybe we'll get an update like right after this goes up, but uh, all we know is that Eduardo Escobar had an issue that seemingly might be a medical issue that wasn't related to baseball. 
Um, it wasn't available last night, and Buck Walter couldn't really say much about it when he was asked. So uh, he's been a big source of joy on the field, and whatever the off-field situation is, hopefully he's okay uh, and his family is okay. You know, we just we just haven't really learned uh, what exactly was going on, but um, it would be nice to see him back in the dugout and, and playing soon, um, assuming all is you know resolved. Yes. Uh, well said. All right, Chris, what is your music recommendation for this week? So I had a feeling it was going to be a good lineup, but the Desert Days lineup this year is, um, I think you had said it, like it looked like it was made for me, for yes. us. <laughs> yes, it appeared that you made the lineup. And uh, they approved he, it. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I mean, the absolute dream version of this lineup would only, it's only missing like two bands that I really wanted. And there's, I don't know, 90 bands on the bill. Like, it's just, it's it's, it's kind of wild. But uh, <laughs> I looked, I've already recommended uh, Lonerism by Tame Impala, which will be played in full at this festival, uh, which is awesome. Um the first time we went to it, Tam and Paula played, and then thunderstorms came through in California, which is not something you say every day. Cut their set short, three songs in, and uh, the, they haven't been able to coordinate and get back since. So that is very cool. King Gizzard is one of the headliners. Everybody who listens to this show knows the recommendations I've made of all their records over the years. Um, but the other headliner is an absolute legend, Iggy Pop. Uh, just what a trio from my perspective and my fandom and uh, inspired by that while I would always listen to all three Stooges records first. Uh, Iggy made some damn good solo records. And uh, to me, yeah, you know, lust for life is the one um, kind of the obvious one. People know the song lust for life and the passenger. I think whether they realize it or not, <clears throat> Um, I mean, there's a, there, there's been points in time that some of those have been like on commercials for things. Like I think, I oh, think yeah. Lust for Life was used uh, on like a Royal Caribbean cruise commercial or something like that. And, uh, you, you know, 18 year old me would have been like, oh man, why is Ziggy letting them use his song? And now I'm like, get, good, get paid. Like you, you didn't make any money on these songs back, you know, back then, you know, certainly not. Um, <clears throat> commensurate with <laughs> the level of music you were making. So, uh, yeah, it, it is a really great record. Um, obviously, if, if you don't know, he had David Bowie as a co-writer um, for a lot of the songs on it. And it's just, it, it's a really good, like, it's it's not heavy, but like, it's it's like happy music that still rocks pretty hard, in my opinion. Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't sound like raw power, but uh, <laughs> but these are just like good, you know, good rock and roll songs with one maybe the best front person to ever get on stage. Um, so yeah, looking forward very much to seeing Iggy. Um, definitely recommend listening to this record, and uh, you know, it came out in 1977, but. I think it sounds just as current as anything. So there you go. 
How about you? <laughs> uh, so last night I had the pleasure of taking my wife and two kids to see Paul McCartney on the uh, the eve of his 80th birthday. T tomorrow, Saturday is actually his 80th birthday, but um, it was it was quite the show. My first concert in 1993 was Paul McCartney at Giant Stadium. My kids' first concert in 2022 was Paul McCartney at MetLife Stadium, which is built in the parking lot of Giant Stadium. It's just a very, very nice symmetry uh, to have going with that. But also, it's Paul fucking McCartney, man. Like, he's just, he's the best. He's one of the most significant songwriters of all time. And it was a great show. His voice is not what it used to be. He's uh, talking more during this, this show. It's kind of giving himself, I think, some time between singing, which is totally fair for a man who will be 80 uh, very, very shortly. And uh, my one gripe about when McCartney plays live in terms of his set list is that he ignores like big chunks of his discography. I don't know if it's because he's not particularly fond of those records or they just don't, you know, necessarily fit sort of the, the band's configuration, whatever it is. I've talked about my favorite McCartney album, which is Ram, which he never does anything from. Um, I think in part because that is an, an odd expectation. Also, Linda, his uh, now deceased wife, sings all over that. So I can't imagine that anybody and Linda McCartney was not the world's greatest singer by any stretch of the imagination, but she had a very distinct voice. And so I wonder if it's just a matter of it's hard to replicate that. But the other album that I adore by McCartney that I don't hear people talk about ever is called chaos and creation in the backyard. And this record came out in 2005 and it was it, the only musician on the record is McCartney, I believe. And it's produced by Nigel Godrich of Radiohead fame. And apparently Godrich's deal with him was like, listen, I'll produce your album, but essentially you have to listen to me. Like if, if I say something is not good, it's not going on the album. It has to, it has to pass Nigel Godrich's standards. And because of that, the record is incredibly strong. McCartney is somebody who I think writes probably two good songs for every bad song but the problem is i think he pretty much publishes everything he writes so every mccartney record usually has some serious dips in it this record has one song on it that i will say is is not for me and of course it was the first single because that's just the way these things go uh, it's actually one of the least listened to songs on the record that first single is called promise to you girl and it's, it's fine it's it's you know it's a it's a below average McCartney song, but that makes it a above average for the rest of the world song. But there's four or five songs in this um, song called "Too Much Rain" that's really beautiful and sad. There's a song called "Jenny Wren" that seems almost like a sequel to Blackbird. Not in its like it doesn't sound like that at all, but it's a it's a song with some with a you know a a bird title a bird in the title rather. Um, Right into Vanity Fair is really pretty, and that has some nice orchestration on it. Uh, the last song on the record before the bonus track is called Anyway, and that's just a beautiful song also. Just a really, really solid McCartney album, and uh, I love it when McCartney drums. I think he's an incredibly underrated drummer. and it's just, it's, it's the, I think this is the last record he made until the most recent one, McCartney 3, that didn't have his touring band on it. And no disrespect to his touring band, but those guys are all really talented musicians, but maybe they're not the most creative guys in the world. Maybe their parts just aren't as 
um, as interesting as some of the parts that McCartney himself comes, comes up with. So uh, again, this is a record for sort of from McCartney's relative wilderness years. Uh, you know, he was married to Heather Mills at this point, about to get divorced. Uh, he wasn't the sort of, I, I mean, McCartney never really goes out of style, right? But he wasn't the sort of, uh, I feel like now when McCartney does anything, the opinion, rightly so, is, Thank God we're still getting new McCartney music. Isn't it great he's still doing stuff? At this point, I think more people were kind of saying, like, all right, Paul, maybe it's time to retire. But thankfully, he never did. And, you know, he turned 80. But last night, at the end of the show, he said, we'll see you next time. And I sort of believe him that this isn't the end for him, even though when I bought these tickets, I thought this is definitely the end for him because there's no way he can keep doing it at this level after he's 80. But here we are, and who knows? But regardless, from 20. From 2005, Chaos and Creation in the Backyard by Paul McCartney, my pick for the week. So, nice. Good yeah, stuff. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're both going with, with, with some reasonably classic stuff this week. Um, that's fine. That's good. Anyway, thank you for listening, everybody. We truly appreciate it. Uh, please go to AmazingAvenue.com for all your Mets needs. There is uh, there's something for everybody there. Game recaps, news, analysis, podcasts, etc. We have a very special podcast going up this weekend. I'm not going to say who's the guest on it, but it's somebody very cool. Um, so check, look out for that. Uh, we should also mention Amazing Avenue is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. Chris is on Twitter at Chris McChain. I am on Twitter at Brian Nathan App. And until next time, let's go Mets.